0: Um, today's scripture reading is from 1 Thessalonians 4:13 through18. It's on page um, 555 in this Bible on that table over there. Um, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. for we believe that Jesus died and rose again so and so we believe, that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not proceed,
1: Well, today's message might be a challenging one to get through um, because I kind of want to – I mean, my dad just died, right? And so I want to be – this sermon came out of desiring to be comforted myself, right? But then also desiring to comfort anyone in our church and our church family who's lost someone, uh, whether you've lost a family member or a friend, a parent, a grandparent. Uh, I think we've all, in some capacity, felt the, the sting of death. Uh, and so that could be tough for some of you to hear, and if, if you need to leave because it's just too much, please, please, you've got my full encouragement to go find a space and maybe spend that time praying or, um, you know, anything that you need to do. Uh, but this really matters. I think we really need to remember the hope we have through some of God's promises when we encounter death, like the promise of the resurrection specifically, and we've been singing about the resurrection. You know, This is why we gather even on a Sunday morning, right, to remember the resurrection of Christ Jesus. And, um, yeah, in our, in our personal family, like we have three people, not one for my family, two personal friends that have all, they say, like, death comes in threes, right? Well, felt it this month. Um, and I know that many of you have felt it as well. Uh, and actually, I just got a text from Delana. Um, Her mom is very close to the end, Lou. Uh, and so we feel for her in this moment as well. And so why don't I just take a moment and pray, uh, and then we'll, we'll jump in. Lord, we... Uh, through COVID, through life, have encountered the sting of death. And Delana is encountering that right now with the imminent passing of her mom, Lou. And so we pray for comfort for Delana, for her family, for her dad. We pray that Lou would um, be taken into the arms of Christ Jesus. To know peace and joy and love for all of eternity and that we would all get to enjoy her and see her again one day uh, either when we go to heaven or when Christ returns and the resurrection happens we pray that this would give us comfort in our hearts as we wrestle with a difficult topic we love Jesus and we trust him with our lives and with our deaths in Jesus name I pray amen So I think if you could only summarize the gospel message, like the heart of Christianity, if you had one word, you could have one word to utter, what would it be that would summarize it? Apart from Jesus, right? That's like always the correct answer. Apart from Jesus. And I think that would be the word resurrection. Resurrection, right? Rising again from the grave. Coming back to life after dying. Uh... This is the heart of Christianity. We believe that if you repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus, not just like a cognitive, oh, I mentally assent to belief in him, but like I'm putting my life on him. I am betting on him and him alone. Jesus promises that the grave will not be the end for you. That if you die, when you die, you will go to be with him, to be with Christ, to enjoy him, and then one day will return at the resurrection of the dead. I find incredible hope in this, not just for myself, but for my dad, right? Someone who I love and care about, who believed in Jesus and died recently. Uh, As I was sitting in the hospital, uh, so thankfully, you know, the church leadership here encouraged me to go and I flew out uh, the week before he passed just to see him in the hospital, try to help my mom. Uh, and I had to get all geared up, right, to go in to see someone with COVID. You have to wear the face mask, the face shield, the gloves, the, uh, the disposable scrubs. And as I sat there be- beside him, and he was sitting up and he was doing well, uh, we talked about the resurrection. You know, we, uh, I wanted to share something that I had been reading, and so I read to him John chapter 6, most of that. And a great deal of John chapter 6 has to deal with Jesus' teachings on the resurrection. And we, we kind of resonated on this verse for a bit, chapter 6, verse 40. Uh, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And my dad believed this. Uh, he truly believed it, and, and uh, I believe it. Uh, and it makes all the difference, right? A week later, when you go to be with Jesus, it makes all the difference. Uh, you know, after my dad passed, uh, I began to resonate on another scripture passage, also about the resurrection. I wanted to share that with you all today, and Ada did a great job of reading it. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Because this is also about the resurrection. So the author Paul, Apostle Paul, he wrote uh, to the Thessalonians because he had had to leave them abruptly due to persecution and the church. And so, like, he just didn't get to that part in the story of, like, what happens when you die? (laughs) What happens to believers once they pass? And so he writes them to tell them, and we benefit because of that. Uh, And he talks about this resurrection promise that we can place our trust in. This is a promise for us. This is a promise for our loved ones who know Christ, who have passed. And this resurrection promise gives us two truths. These two truths I find a lot of comfort in, and so I hope that you can also find a lot of comfort in as you think about your loved ones that have died or passed recently who know Christ. The, number, the first truth is that the dead in Christ are only sleeping. The dead in christ are only sleeping that's kind of a weird thing to say where does that come from well paul describes the death of these christian believers as sleep he says they're sleeping verses 13 and 14 says this but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers right like they don't really know what's going on about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. I think he uses this language because he wants to redefine how we understand the death of Christians, that it's completely different than other deaths. See, as people, when we see death, it feels so permanent. It feels, uh, it can feel terrifying. Uh, it it looks absolute. But what if it's more like a nap? <laughs> naps are refreshing. You wake up from a nap and you're like, ah, oh, let's go. And I think that's how Paul wants us to see the death of believers: that they will awake from their naps. This doesn't mean that they're like not aware of what's going on. I think they're with Jesus, right? They're enjoying Jesus. Uh, Paul says that like, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I think really this, this word sleeping is more about the temporary nature of death. Uh, it's really interesting to me, really perhaps providential, that the week I couldn't preach had to fly to Colorado. Mark preached on John chapter 11, right? The story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Uh, so you probably remember it, but if you don't, Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha, they sin for Jesus because their brother Lazarus is sick. And they know a healer. <laughs> Jesus is the healer, right? He heals lots of people throughout his ministry and so they call on him so it's a good time to have a best friend who's a healer but jesus doesn't go rushing to their side he waits and first he says this he says but when jesus heard it he said this illness does not lead to death it is for the glory of god so that the son of man may be glorified through it wait a second now we know the story right we know that lazarus dies it does lead to death. So what are you saying here, Jesus? You're saying that the story doesn't end in death. That Jesus is going to rewrite the ending. Do you ever get to like the end of a book or the end of a movie? You're like, man, I just wish I could just rewrite that ending. That is just a terrible, terrible ending. Ah, well, Jesus has the power and he's going to do it. And he does it here for Lazarus. Uh, and uh, he's going to do it for our loved ones that know Christ. He's going to rewrite the ending of my dad's story. I wish, you know, dying due to COVID was not the end of my dad's story, and thankfully it's not. He's with Jesus. And then he will return through the power of the resurrection. Jesus is rewriting all of our stories Jesus goes to the tomb, uh, and this happens. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. And here's this interaction. This is before he goes to the tomb. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Jesus had spoken of his death. They thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. So that we can believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Right? And then he goes and he calls Lazarus out. He says, Lazarus, come out. He comes out, covered in the burial garb, the, the wrapping. And that's what he's going to do for our loved ones one day. You know Jesus. Paul, come out. And I was thinking of, you know, Pat, Pat, come out. Douglas and Ternice, no, the Penders aren't here. But he's going to call to them, come out. And maybe you have a loved one in your life who knew Jesus. You can say their name, come out. Right now, they're with Jesus, right? They They're experiencing more joy and more love and more happiness than they've Experienced in their entire life combined. (laughs) It's perfect. It's wonderful. Uh, But it's not complete. It's actually not complete. There is, I believe, this sense that this is not the end of the story. Just going to be with Jesus in heaven. Our souls kind of being in some far off place with him. There's more to it that the, the story returns this world and resurrected bodies. And here's my second kind of comforting truth is that the dead in Christ will return with him and rise again. The dead in Christ will return with him and rise again. And Paul says this next thing, and it's, it's supposed to like be one of those things that like this truth gives me joy, right? This, this vision of eternity brings me happiness and it actually changes my emotions, 15 through 18 say this for this we declare to you by the word from the Lord that we who are alive who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet the dead in Christ will rise first and we who are alive who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will always be with the Lord Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So here's what that means. One day, on a day we do not expect, Jesus will rend the sky in half, and he will step through into the clouds of heaven on this beautiful cloudless day, right? And everyone on earth will see him. Everyone living and everyone who has died will see him. And this will absolutely terrify the inhabitants of the earth who don't know Jesus, who haven't worshipped him. Revelation says this, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so, amen. So Jesus will appear and there will be a cry of command with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of a trumpet. So there will be some sort of cry, some sort of voice, some sort of trumpet blast. It will be loud. (laughs) It will reverberate not just through you and me and our ears, but through this entire world, the entire universe will feel it. And at that time, Jesus will call to our loved ones, Paul, come out. Pat, come out. You fill in the name, come out. And at that point, the one, so if we, let's say we haven't died yet, Jesus comes back. Our loved ones who have died, who are with Christ, their spirits will return to their bodies. They'll come rushing back into their bodies, to their to their coffins, to their graves. Maybe they died in a fire or they were cremated, no problem. God will begin to re-knit the very DNA of their essence. Their bones will regrow, their flesh will form, their organs will form, their... Their skin will cover their bodies, their hearts will begin to beat, their eyes will open, and they will go blasting out of the grave to meet the Lord in the air. They will have not just bodies that look like our bodies now, but they will have new and better and glorious bodies. Cancer-free bodies, sin-free bodies, brokenness-free bodies, not a scar on them. They'll be taken up into the sky, and then we will be transformed, and we'll go up to meet Jesus, too, and we'll be with him as well. I love that 1 Corinthians 15 talks about like the, 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 the complete qualitative change, the nature of the change that the bodies will undergo. So, th- so is it with the resurrection of the dead? What is sown is perishable, right? Talking about our bodies now. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. (laughs) It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Wow. (laughs) Our bodies are going to be completely transformed. No more sickness, no more tears. At that time, when a noteworthy official came into the, the town... Like a, 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 a cohort, a contingent would go out to greet them. And the, the more important the official, the bigger the cohort, like the, the bigger the group of people. Right? So if you had like a war hero coming who had um, done an important battle, you would have huge multi-day events. Right? Julius Caesar apparently, uh, so I don't know if the elephants came out to greet him, uh, but when he was in the city, he had 40 elephants holding torches could walk through them right this just lavish display I and mean, then there's that inscription i i came i saw i conquered well jesus is going to come he's going to look upon the earth and he is going to conquer sin and death and he is going to do it in such a dramatic way <laughs> the dead in christ will return with him and then they will rise again and the day my dad actually died, I actually dreamed that morning of the resurrection. <laughs> I think that was just like the Lord's gift to me. It wasn't anything dramatic. It was just like this image of about 15, 20 people being caught up into the air. And then we formed like these little campfire circles and looked down on the earth. It was kind of weird. Like, we're not going to form any doctrine about the actual resurrection. Uh, but my heart knew what it was. And, I, I, you know, I feel like it was just a, a, a gift from the Lord. Uh, it's going to be way better than that. But just to say that like the resurrection can comfort our hearts in our fears, and our worries, and in our encounters with death. And maybe you haven't had someone who has died recently and you're just going through a hard time. Well, we still believe in like the God who's going to come and set all things right, don't we? The God who's going to come and raise the dead. So whatever happens in this life, no matter how bad it gets, jesus is going to rewrite the end of the story and it's going to be good and paul says to encourage one another with these words we're supposed to encourage one another it's supposed to encourage our hearts i was reading the Uh, counseling mini-book on grief this week, and one of the things it says that in times of death, Christians should be sadder than anyone else. Yet we should also be the most hopeful of any who mourn. Right? Because we get how bad death is. We get how evil it is and how it wasn't supposed to be. You you hear that thing, oh, death is natural? No, it's not. (laughs) That's a lie, actually. Death's not natural. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? The resurrection promise gives us hope when we grieve. It helps us grieve with hope. It helps us to experience comfort. Back to verse 13. It says, Brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. And so, in other words, it's okay to mourn. It's okay to to have tears. And on September 1st, when my dad died, it wrecked me. It wrecked me. I was supposed to be flying home. I was sitting at at the airport gate. I just sat down, and I was supposed to have a phone call with my brother to help with my mom's medical appointment. Instead, I hear the words, Dad went to be with Jesus. Uh, And it just wrecked me. Uh, And I cried more in those three to four days than I think I have in the entire span of years since I was about six years old. And it's okay. And when you have a loved one who dies, who knows Christ, it's okay to be sad. Now, everyone grieves differently. One of the pastors that dropped by our house said that, and so I get it. Uh, I just want to make sure that, like, at least for me, <laughs> I can't jump too quickly to the happy thoughts and the happy feelings. Just cover it up. You know, we, we weep, we mourn. But then we do have hope, right? We have hope. We have this vision of this one-day awesome event that we can't even begin to imagine that's going to happen. We have the hope that our loved ones, like, my dad is with Jesus, right? Right? we have hope that it, it, we're going to have this resurrection. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and notice Paul doesn't say here, like, be happy. He could have used the word for happy, but he actually uses the word for hope. <laughs> I think there's a difference. I don't think you have to be happy when your loved ones die. You can be happy that they're with Jesus, but I think first it's just start with hope. And maybe that hope will turn to joy. Maybe that hope will turn to happiness. But what about those of us who have loved ones and friends and family members who have died who didn't believe in Jesus? Who didn't profess to trust in him? I'm sorry, but we can't have that same level of hope. I wish we could, uh, but we can't. But we can have a different kind of hope. We don't hope in their profession of faith in Jesus but we hope in Jesus himself, right? We put our trust in God and say a couple things. God is good, God is just, God is righteous, God is merciful, and God will do the exact right thing. So we can trust in him, uh, but we don't have that same level of rejoicing. And I hope that when I say that, it'll also cause us to be sober and to reflect upon our own lives and say, do I have a life-giving relationship with Jesus? Do I believe in him? Do I trust him? Am I really walking through this life loving Jesus and trying to, to know Jesus and be known by Jesus? Or am I just going through the religious motions? Do I not really believe this? Hopefully it'll cause us to reassess because we want that resurrection. We want to be with Jesus. You know, my dad told me this summer we were able to go home in june as part of our sabbatical and see my parents and family and he told me that it just felt like the lord wanted him to read as much of the bible as he could as quickly as he could and so he told me he was reading 10 chapters a day which was sort of annoying because i'd be like wanting to hang out with my dad and he'd be in the other room reading his bible um i think god was getting him ready for that final lap the final lap was hard. Death is often hard. Um, but he got all the way to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I found this out at the funeral, right, because I brought up his Bible, and I, I opened it up, well, I opened it up right beforehand, and I could see, like, this is where he got to. And he got to 1 Corinthians 15, which is about the resurrection of Christ Jesus. I just wanted to read this verse. Verse 20, it says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus has been raised from the dead, and he has a promise of that coming resurrection. And it says, he is the firstfruits. <laughs> Some of our friends, you know, have given us flowers, and we've received fruits and nuts. (laughs) It's a weird thing that we do, but it's great because it's like this comforting thing, right? And Jesus is that refreshing bowl of, like, freshly cut fruit that he is refreshing. My dad, he's refreshing Pat and Douglas, Denise, and other people that I'm thinking of, but I don't know their names. Um... He is refreshing them. And, uh, you know, my brother's words were not dad died or dad is sleeping. Those both would have been theologically correct. Uh, but dad went to be with Jesus. And that's what it's all about, right? And I hope when I pass and when you pass, I just get to say the exact same thing about you. They went to be with Jesus, Jesus came and got them. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the resurrection. Thank you that this means something, and that we have something worth sharing um, with with the world. Help us to live in light of the resurrection, to live with all the hope that it brings us, and yet grieve and mourn those we've lost. Help us to tell others about the resurrection. Lord, if we don't yet believe, would you resurrect our hearts? We can't do it. Only you can do it. We love you, and I'm so excited to sing in Christ alone. Amen.